0: Get in! Well, it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey and Bethesda, Maryland. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Wednesday, January 25th. How are you doing there, handsome?
1: You know, I'm I'm doing okay. We did the migration to Car Edge on Monday, and whew, man, I am busy. So is the rest of the team. But fortunately, Dad, on days like today, we can turn to real experts in the field and get their insights on the show. I'm excited to welcome... Pops, I think someone's at the door. Can you let him in?
0: Oh my God, it looks like Brandon from Car Questions Answered. Welcome, Brandon. What's up, guys? How you doing? Oh, we're, we're well, and you?
2: Uh, the, the family is sick right now, but we're getting through it. So we'll, we'll, uh, we're, on the, we're on the uptrend, so we're, we're feeling a little
1: bit better today. Good to hear. We like the way that sounds pops. I just want to pull it up on the screen. If you are unfamiliar with Brandon's channel, please. It's the top link. In the description, we became familiar with Brandon's videos because of community members like yourself viewing, sending them to us maybe like a month or two ago, got in touch with Brandon, and he is an incredible resource for our community. So please, if you have not subscribed to his channel, if you're not watching his videos, you need to. We're going to spend some time with Brandon today talking about what is going on at the used car auto auctions. And for some perspective here, just so everyone understands, for some perspective, Brandon deals with vehicles that are typically under... $5,000, $10,000, that price point. So he provides a really great perspective for us because dad, we typically talk about much more expensive vehicles. So Brandon, we're thrilled that you can be here. Please check out the channel and let's kick it off with this. What's going on at the used car auctions, Brandon?
2: (laughs) So what um, I've been seeing is that it seems like there's just a slow grind down in prices. Um, What we're seeing a lot too is a lot of these no-sales Dealers are starting to take their medicine. We're starting to see a lot of them starting to sell, um, especially on the, the upper end stuff, too. I've been surprised to see uh, them then let go of a lot of that stuff. But um, even in the, the mid tier stuff, the lower t- stuff, uh, the, the stuff that we were bidding on continuously, I, I, I did a video a couple of weeks ago and I had like six if bids in one week, which means Mm -hmm. that I didn't hit the reserve for the car. And usually that turns into a no sell because these dealers just want to hold on to stuff for a better price. And, um, in, on, in that auction, actually we got called the next day and we got five of them. So that's a great sign for us. I know it's a one small little segment, one little week, but, um, it's, it's a big turning point to see a lot of these dealers start to sell cars. Um, So that means you're going to start seeing the prices of the data that's just coming in uh, come down because the cars that they were holding on to that were keeping the prices elevated. Now that they start dumping them, they're going to get actual auction prices on these vehicles and the data should start coming in that it's started trending down as far as wholesale level.
0: Brandon, if I may, why do you think that these dealers that had been holding on to those cars as long as they had and refusing to sell them, why do you think they suddenly came to their senses? I wouldn't
2: say it's it's a sudden thing, but um, the reason why they would uh, one particular dealer might would flip a switch on a group of cars that they have or whatever is, I mean, they're getting inventory in right now. I I went yesterday and checked some other um, some new car dealers around the area. And we're seeing lots of Broncos just stack up. Um, I mean, they were crying for these things a year ago, and now they're starting to get them in and they can't sell them. So as they have lock constraints, as they have any of these interest payments coming up, they got to start freeing up some capital. They got to start freeing up some space. So um, and I mean, running these cars through the auction every week is not free. So they got they got to dump them at some point.
0: I have a follow-up
1: oh, go ahead, pop some all ears
0: <laughs> well well my my follow up is how much do you think some of these dealers lost by waiting as long as they did and and not having uh, you know accepted the highest bid maybe five or six or seven weeks ago do you, do you was 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 there a monetary loss that they incurred by by being somewhat stubborn?
2: I think so. I think um, if if I just had to guess on a percentage, I would say somewhere around probably 20 percent because I would guess that the the market's probably dropping somewhere around 10 ish percent on the wholesale side about every month right now. Um, So that that would be my guess. Obviously, I don't know because we don't know how much they had in the Mm -hmm. card, but um, that that would that would be my assumption.
0: Cool. Thank
1: you. And that's what I think is really interesting, because you look at the data from Blackbook or you look at the data from Cox Automotive, and I think they only tell one part of the story, which is, you know, Blackbook this week showed that there was depreciation at the wholesale markets. Great. They showed that there was an increase in the sales rate. It was one percentage point from 45 percent to 46 percent. Still tons of if sales, although they did have commentary this week that a lot of those if sales were on Tesla's. So that makes a lot of sense. But you look at the Cox Automotive data, Pops and Brandon, and and what does Cox Automotive say? Well, they say that wholesale used car values are ticking back up. It's like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that's happening. So I think there is... It's important to look at like what these big companies put out there. And then it's also important to talk to folks like yourself, Brandon, who are at the lanes. Like we have many members of our community who are doing the same thing. And it's awesome to hear from them what they see happening. Because like you said, you had six vehicles that were on if sales and five of them actually ended up coming through. The reason those came through is because the dealer ultimately, the person who owned the vehicle ultimately said to themselves, it makes more sense to take this loss today than to wait another week and see that loss tomorrow. One thing that could influence this is tax time, tax season. Can you explain both of you guys, but maybe Brandon first, What typically happens in what I'll call the spring selling season? What happens typically?
2: So what will happen, especially with the cars that I'll follow, the $10,000 and under stuff, um, is that as people start getting tax checks, now all dealers are, for the most part, reactionary. So we're preparing, we're loading up right now. A lot of other dealers don't do it because they don't have the ability to. They don't have money sitting around to be able to just buy cars. They have certain credit limits that they, they have to be able to buy cars. And they're probably close to tapped out right now because demand's so low. But as people start buying cars, what happens is these dealers, they go through a week where they'll sell a bunch of cars off their lot because people got tax checks. And then they'll all rush to the auction all at the same time and just say, okay, I need cars, I need cars. So they'll go and there'll be a spike. It's typically towards the end of February, beginning of March in the lower tier Prices Now, I have a bunch of buddies that sell a bunch of high end luxury stuff, and they say they don't really get affected by tax time. There's no really there's there's no big change in the market for them. Um, But for guys like me, guys that buy stuff, even like fifteen thousand dollars and under, then there's a massive spike. And it lasts on a typical year. It lasts for about a month, month and a half. We go on vacation from buying cars usually for that period of time. Um, as we're selling all of our cars on our lot and we'll wait and there's always a crash after it because these guys rush to the auction, they get all these cars and then the money is gone just as soon as it gets here.
0: And as you say, that normally starts the middle to the latter part of February and, and yep. runs through tax time ta- what April 15th, May, May 1st, perhaps. Yeah, it, it all depends on the IRS in that particular year. I know I think there
2: was two or three years back where um, they held a bunch of tax checks. And tax time didn't actually hit until the end of March. So usually it starts middle of February towards the end of February, but it just depends on when the IRS releases this money to this people. Um, But as soon as it, as soon as it gets released, they spend it.
0: And, you know, I, I, one story I can share Zach is that, you know, many new car dealerships will actually help people prepare their tax returns. And, (laughs) And at the time, have them direct the refund back to the dealership as their down payment, so they are can you just- serious? Oh, absolutely.
2: There are there are used car dealers that actually have tax offices set up in their <laughs> used car dealership, so people can file their taxes and they can go ahead and get their direct deposit, um, just forward it straight to the dealership.
0: Yeah, I mean dealers are no fools. They they figure out. Every every avenue they can uh, in, in which to help people uh, get into a car. And, and one of yeah. those ways during tax season is to have tax preparers in their facilities to help these people with their tax returns. So as as Brandon says, they can get the direct deposit sent directly to the dealership and the dealership will send them. home. Show me the money. That day. Show me well. the money. <laughs> So yeah. one thing that happened
2: a couple of years that. ago in, in North Carolina and um, that it stopped after that. But I, I think a lot of this is coming back Is they would do um, these tax time loans. So you could go get your taxes, fill it out at these companies mm-hmm. that these big tax companies, and they would actually peel off 25 percent of what your return was going to be and go ahead and cut you a check right then. So wow. there, was, uh, there was one year like we started seeing tax time starting like late. January because these people are going to go ahead and getting money now they've since outlawed a lot of that because it was very predatory um, but they there's there's all kinds of things that they find uh, loopholes around or whatever and give people gift cards or whatever for uh, for getting their taxes done just just so they can get a piece of that b- uh, before the, the the people that don't need the money taken out of their tax return g- come and find them.
1: Wow 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 wow. Go ahead, Pops.
0: I was going to say, you know what I think I see in our future? The Car Edge Tax Preparation Services. Uh No, man. No way. (laughs) No way. Absolutely no way. Um,
1: All right. Let's go to the chat here for just a quick second. We had this thoughtful contribution come in from Clear It Junk Removal. Interesting channel name. Uh, I'm in the market for a heavy-duty truck. Can you talk about that market a little bit. I don't have a lot of insight into the heavy-duty truck space. Pops, do you have any data or any insight onto heavy-duty trucks? And Brandon, I can't imagine you do, but maybe, maybe.
0: I'm, I, I'm getting, yeah, I I can tell you, I have very limited experience. I mean, you know, most of my automotive retail background was with Nissan, Acura, Mini. Um, you know, we didn't have any like heavy-duty trucks per se, so you know we no. did some cabin chassis in the day but nothing <clears throat> excuse me nothing heavy heavy duty so i'm not familiar with that market at all
2: i've been watching a lot of work trucks go through the auction and all of them are getting no sold uh there was uh a lot of uh the 2500s and uh 350s or whatever that we saw uh going through uh one of the auctions that i covered last week and um they were running them through and the sellers were on like 30, 35 grand for these particular work trucks and they're, they weren't even getting bids. So um, I don't know if that's just something where dealerships don't think that they can sell work trucks right now. Um, but it's very odd for, especially a lot of these fleet kind of vehicles to go through and not even have people look at them.
1: Wow. That's really interesting. All right, well let's switch gears guys. There's a very compelling story, one that I think honestly in a in a kind of convoluted way ties in with a bit of what we're seeing on the used car market and bear with me here. Bear with me on this one. There's a headline, this is from The Drive. Major insurance yeah. companies are refusing to cover Hyundai and Kia's because they are stolen too much. Now, I was talking to a friend of the show that that owns dealerships and that takes trade-ins. They now have legitimate concerns about vehicles, Hyundais and Kias, that they've traded in. They have no clue what to do with them because major insurance companies, State Farm and Progressive, are no longer offering policies on those vehicles. Talk about if sales. Talk about confusion. We saw with Teslas, we talked uh, with folks that we know, Pops, dealerships are saying, no, I don't want to trade in Teslas anymore because they have no clue what the prices are going to be. Model wide price went back up $1,000 a couple days ago, just a heads up. And now you've got these Hyundais and Kias that dealers own, consumers own. You can't get insurance policies on them. This is a fascinating development, a truly fascinating development.
0: Well, I would say this, the dealers covered. So if they trade the cars and they get stolen off of their lot, that they can hope it, maybe it happens. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they're they're covered under their general umbrella policies that they have. But if they they could have difficulty selling them to consumers, if um, many insurance companies out there are, are just no longer willing to write policies on um, on kias and hyundais that that are key ignition type of uh, hyundais because uh, it's, it's the most popular vehicle to be stolen at the moment because well it's the easiest vehicles to be stolen at the moment are you familiar with what's going on brandon i haven't heard of it we've never had any
2: kias uh stolen we had a <laughs> nissan stolen uh, about a year ago <sighs>
0: Yeah, and your so, insurance so company the,
2: would pay. I mean, it would, but yeah. I, it was like a thirty-five hundred dollar car or whatever, so we just whatever.
0: <laughs> I hear you. It's
1: actually <laughs> um, it's a trend on TikTok of all places. People learning how to steal Hyundai's and Kias. So here's here's the gist of it, Brandon. Um, if your Hyundai or Kia uses a physical ignition key, it can be stolen with relative ease, as we reported. A USB cable is all that's necessary to get away. With a new car it's a costly problem for police in cities such as columbus ohio and denver insurers in these regions and others have now had enough insurance giants state farm and progressive are now refusing to insure many vehicles sold by the two korean auto brands in those cities and others now so it's just they're incredibly easy to be stolen and all you need is is the right information on a usb and you is there the- is there a year like it starts as far as the models let me look here in the article. I know that they had documented that at some point, but I don't know exactly off the top of my head. Seems like it would it would be the newer ones. Engine immobilizers are now standard on all Hyundai vehicles produced as of November 2021, and have long been standard equipment on all Hyundai vehicles with push button ignitions. So Hyundai is taking steps to try and mitigate these uh, these challenges or these concerns. But there are some out there that this can just happen, and that's honestly, if you're an insurance company you're taking yourself out of the market for a subset of vehicles, but they're vehicles that again are going viral on TikTok right now to be stolen. Right, so right. it's, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy.
0: Well, and I believe in that article, they mentioned somebody that's paying, I think, $350 a month in insurance uh, because it's a, either a Hyundai or a Kia. Um, and, you know, that's a lot of money to be spending for your insurance on a monthly basis for a relatively inexpensive mass market vehicle.
1: Yeah, it really, really is. And again, an interesting thought about uh, those that are holding on to those, those trade-ins and things like that. We've talked about how Tesla, with their price changes, are drastically influencing used Tesla values. I wonder if this will have an impact on Hyundai and Kia tes- uh, Hyundai and Kia values just as well. Now, I've got one other story that I want to get, Brandon, your take on, which has to do with a used car dealer, one that you may have some familiarity with, although I don't think you directly compete with. Let me pull them up on the screen. It's our friend's Carvana, the gift that keeps on giving. Carvana settles uh, a long-running regulatory dispute with the state of Illinois. Pops, what happened here? I know know you're very uh, interested in this story.
0: Uh, well, Carvana admitted wrongdoing and finally just settled so that they can get their dealer license back so they can continue selling vehicles in the great state of Illinois. Um, however, if, if they violate any agreements that they've made with the state, um, they will have their, their dealer's license revoked or suspended once again. But, you know, Car- Carvana admitted that they, they've had issues, uh, and they have had issues with, with titling vehicles in in a timely fashion. Um, you know, it's it, and it's not just Illinois, but you know, this particular case deals with Illinois because I believe they they first had their license suspended at the beginning of May, and and then it was reinstated, and then it was suspended again later in May, and it's just part of the ongoing troubles that a non-car company has when they try and be in the car business.
2: So I I will say every dealer has title issues all the time because whenever these new car dealers trade in for cars, they just get the deal done and they worry about the paperwork later. Uh, Ray, you probably know that better than Uh I do. Yeah. So we run into stuff all the time where we buy these cars. Every car that we buy from auction, about 90% of them there's no title whenever we buy the car. So we have to wait on the auction to get with the franchise store to get us the title. And I think the big problem with Carvana is they're running to the same stuff that all these other dealers are running into. And even, even a dealership like myself, it's just that they're on such a national stage that this stuff is going to affect them way more adversely than, than someone like us. But also we're small so we can uh, handle these issues on, um, on a case by case basis. A lot of times, if we figure out we can't get a title, then I mean, we just have to get the car back from the customer and do whatever we need to do to make it right for the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got to be a lot tougher for Carvana, which instead of just writing these tags over and over and over again, they should realize that hey, we got we got to figure it out for the customer and let's let's get them out of this car and get them into another car.
0: I I will tell you this. I I worked for a gentleman and if the customer didn't have their title or registration showing that they were the owner of the vehicle. And if, if they didn't have their title with us with them, when they were trading it in, I couldn't take it as a trade.
2: I I could hold
0: every uh, dealer was like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I could, I could hold the value for them, uh, for three days. And if they wanted, uh, we would buy the car from them eventually when they got the title, we would do that. But if they didn't have the title, I wasn't allowed to trade it because the, the owner didn't want to have the issues like you described, because a lot of these vehicles were vehicles that were going to go to the auction and he didn't want to take him to the auction unless he had title in hand um, for the very reasons that you described. So, it depend- A lot of car dealers are very lax on that, um, but then I have worked for some that were sticklers. Uh, you ain't trading it if you don't have some proof that you're the actual owner of the vehicle. Um, it was just that simple. It? And you know what? I, I'm sure we lost a car dealer, too, but I, I had more hair back then. I, I probably would have lost it quicker <laughs> uh, had yeah, we done it at the normal
2: That's one of the most stressful things that we have to deal with because, I mean, we're selling these cars. Sometimes the customers and in North Carolina, we can actually sell a car to a customer before we receive the title from the auction. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's extra forms we have to fill out or whatever. But then we're on the hook with this customer to be able to say, hey, I'm going to be able to provide you a title within 60 days. Um, And if we're not,
1: then, then we have to make it right with the customer however we need to do it. We've got here from Jerry in the chat. Heat sheet is part of any dealer's manager meeting to discuss title (laughs) issues daily, weekly. Yeah, sounds about right. And we've got here from Andrew. Every state's different when it comes to title laws. So, for example, the problem here in Michigan is it's illegal to even list a vehicle for sale without a transferable title. And so you can start to imagine if you're a multi-state online car dealer trying to operate in all 50 states and every state processes and handles titles differently. There is no federal clearinghouse for titles. Uh, the challenges become very cumbersome very quickly versus, Brandon, what you were describing like, hey, you know, your home state, you know, some of the issues you are going to run into. The scale is a lot smaller as well. It's no wonder that these things crop up. And, you know, Carvana's position on it in their defense, their position is going to be it's the state's fault. Like they should have better systems that allow us to move more quickly. And there's total efficacy to that. Like the state probably should upgrade to how they operate and, and there should be uniformity. However, you still can't break the law and they have a pattern of breaking the law. And then you end up with customers who are in situations where they own vehicles, but they can't drive them. And that's just a terrible, terrible situation right. for everyone involved.
2: Well, I mean, they really don't own the vehicles because if, if it's not being registered by the dealer into the customer's name, it's still owned by Carvana. It was, it's never been transferred to that to that individual.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. the Carvana's issues go deep, much deeper than they should. Um, but it is part of it is you know trying to sell cars in all fifty states. It doesn't make it easy, but it doesn't excuse you from not figuring out the processes so that you can do it in the time frame that each state has set up for you. It's. Uh, yeah. it's a lack of caring in 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 my mind
1: growth before all else all right pups let's remind everyone brandon's youtube channel is over at car questions answered Please, we encourage you to go check it out. His videos are incredibly educational, incredibly informative. You can see I watched his most recent one here. Many car dealers will go under. Dealer explains why. Please go watch Brandon's videos and please engage with the Car Questions Answered channel. We appreciate Brandon being a part of our Wednesday shows. And I think after tax season, we'll try and get Brandon back on the show to hear how things went. But, Brandon, thank you for your time, as always. Thank you for being here. And all the best as you stock up on cars for tax time. Go ahead, Pops. All right.
0: Thanks, guys. Yes. I really can it. I ask, Brandon, can I ask you one last question? Question: Yes, sir. I I remember you were tracking a Corvette uh, through the auctions. Did that thing ever sell?
2: It sold, and it sold for. Uh, I think it, it got no sold for like seven weeks in a row at forty five thousand. They finally put the right two buyers together. I guess it was. Uh, it brought a forty <laughs> I think. Wow. And that's what they sold it for. But the thing about it is, if they would sell it for forty six two at that time, you would think. On a forty-five thousand dollar vehicle, a thousand dollars is not going to really make or break the deal. So, I'm thinking that they probably just got to a breaking point and they just got lucky and got an extra grand off of it that one week that they were ready to go with it. So, that's that's my take on that actual Corvette. Um, I still think somebody probably should have gotten fired over that thing, and they they probably <laughs> lost they probably lost a lot of money on that car.
0: Well, sure, having it sit there for seven weeks. I mean it's right. it's certain you're still paying for it and it's certainly not on the market when you're doing that so yeah that's crazy i'm i'm glad we could find out what happened to that corvette because i was very curious brandon thank you so much for being with us again today
2: all right I'll see you guys next time
0: okie doke take see care you, brandon. brandon. hope everybody's feeling better soon i appreciate it
1: all right, pops. It is back to the two of us, and yeah, car questions answered it has over fifty thousand subscribers. Congrats to Brandon. Yeah, awesome content. It's really cool meeting people in the community, um, and we have relationships with quite a few folks on YouTube. Um, and you meet some that are really, really quality people. And the more you mm-hmm. learn about Brandon and his mission with his with his dealership, the more you just can't help but want to be associated with the guy. So it's awesome, awesome to have him uh, as a resource to to share some of those insights with us, pops. We've got two other. Yeah, we've got Mrs. Car questions answered. This is like, yeah. this is like the car care nut. You, yeah. you know, Dad, on the car care nut, you've got AMD, and then you've got Mrs. Car care nut on his wife. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm feeling like right here. We've got, uh, we've got round two. We got two other stories, Dad. You up for two, two more stories, real quick? I can, I can
0: do one more story today.
1: All right, here's the deal, folks. We got to hit the button, then.
0: Really? You really? gotta, gotta be, be kidding. kidding me.
1: All right, Dad, you ready for this? The world of autonomous vehicles, they are coming for you. But we had another roadblock. Yeah. Ah. Another cruise autonomous vehicle roadblock occurred in San Francisco. Cruise, GM's autonomous driving subsidiary, has been struggling with some growing pains as of late. Although the cruise autonomous vehicles have covered more than half a billion Miles that's incredible. The vehicles have been involved in a few mishaps, including an accident with injuries and stopping in the middle of an intersection. Now, a few cruise AVs were captured, blocking traffic in San Francisco once again. You want to watch the video?
0: Well, you know, stuff happens apparently, huh?
1: Yeah, they're just they're just they're just a little they're just (laughs) they just need a restart, it seems. (laughs) So, we've got another example, dad, of our autonomous overlords eventually dictating what's what's your take on this i love your takes
0: well do you have to do you have to shut it down and reboot it well will that clear the problem uh you know you know my take on autonomous vehicles and i know everybody out there, well not everybody but a lot of people out there go oh come on ray it's the future you know it's going to make things safer um okay well you let me know when that future actually arrives i um, um <laughs> You know, and, and I know that maybe I'm not the greatest driver or drive as well as I used to. And, and maybe an autonomous vehicle could drive better than I do. I don't know. Um, but there's just certain things. Um, you're, you're not prying my hands off of the steering wheel <laughs> when I'm in a car. It's just if I'm, the, if I'm the driver, you're not prying my hands off of the wheel. And I don't want to be in a car that doesn't have somebody's hands on the wheel. So.
1: so let's go to the chat here for a quick second, Dad. Justice said, says, I had an autonomous vehicle behind me today. It was uncomfortable. There was no driver in the car. I, I, I saw Justice internally yeah. talking about this. Pretty wild experience, although he also follows it up with, you know, the, what we just saw with Cruz is the least of your your driving issues <laughs> yeah. in San Francisco. And sadly, <laughs> I think that's an accurate yeah, statement. That's,
0: that's probably very true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the future is definitely here in some regards. Dad, we had a contribution come in from David. We really appreciate that. And david a question. You, david. What monetary percentage of the items sold in the F&I office does the F&I manager receive? So I think kind of hitting on like pay plans. Um, you were never an F&I manager, but we, we certainly know quite a few. So you got a ballpark? Yeah, uh,
0: you know, somewhere between uh, 12 and 18 percent depending on uh, depending on pay plans and the way things are structured and if you hit certain penetration percentages yeah uh, probably between 12 and 18% F&I managers are some of the highest paid people in dealerships usually higher paid than sales managers Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Now, Pops, if I may, I just want to remind everyone, CarEdge.com, that's where all of our various resources and things now live. And I just want to acknowledge that this week, starting on Monday, when we did the transition from joinyaa.com to CarEdge.com has been wrought with all sorts of known unknowns. We knew there were a lot of things when we did this transition that would be sticking points and we would have to address them. And I, I just want to acknowledge and, and share with everyone that I'm disappointed. If you've had a, a not so great experience logging in or accessing certain information, please know the team is working behind the scenes as hard as we can. It's, you know, the moment you see us that we don't show up, that's when you can say, hey, these guys, these guys you know, screwed something up. We are here. We're working our butts off. We're, we're addressing things. Um, so please, thank you for your patience, and please continue to have you know, patience and empathy for us as we do this transition. We're releasing quite a few things this afternoon, uh, and then again tomorrow morning that should address a lot of the issues that we've been facing. So sorry. My apologies. I feel terrible about some of the challenges folks have been having with logging in, and know that we are working our, our butts off to, to address them.
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure you and your team will get it all squared away. I have great faith in you, young man.
1: Thank you, Pops. I appreciate it. All right, let's come back tomorrow, Dad. At what time?
0: Uh, let's call it, say, noon Eastern, nine specific, with more news that you can use from Carridge and your hosts, Zach and Ray. So we'll see you all back here tomorrow, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for being a part of the show today.
1: And Jessica's right. NADA is happening this week. I hope yes. the words Car Edge or Ray Shevskaya, Zach Shefska, I hope those are uttered at one point in time, at the uh, at the NADA. We shall see. Pops, have a great afternoon. I will see you tomorrow. Thank you, everyone. Thank you again, uh, Brandon. Absolutely. Join us again next time,
0: which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you
1: can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening.
0: See you soon. <laughs>